0: Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stange of Stange Law Firm, P.C. Stange Law Firm is a multi-state family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stange.
1: Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an exciting topic today. The topic is the importance of findings of fact and conclusions of law. And as a follow-up to the episode today, you can go on over to our blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and check out an article on the same topic. Uh, The article is called, What are Findings of Fact and Conclusions of Law? And the date of the article is October 7th, 2023. So again, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and read the article there for more information. But let's go ahead and jump into the topic today. Okay. Most individuals understand that after a trial or a hearing, the court has to enter what's called either a judgment or an order. And the or order really disposes of the issues in the case itself. And obviously, this is going to vary based on the type of family law case uh, that might be before the judge. Obviously, there's divorce actions. There could be a paternity case, adoptions motions to modify, a contempt action, maybe a request for an order of protection, or really you name it. There's more kinds of family law cases and, than a lot of individuals realize, but just take a divorce hypothetically with children, and let's say there's a, a trial and the divorce, obviously the court has to decide multiple things, which is one, whether to grant the divorce or not. Lots of parties take that for granted, but but the statutory requirements have to be met in order to grant the divorce itself. And then with marital property and debt, the court's got to divide it all. And we're talking big ticket items from the house to the 401k, bank accounts, investment accounts, to maybe the smaller items like household goods and and personal goods. And certainly debt has to be dealt with as well, whether it be credit card debt, uh, a mortgage, uh, some other kind of loan, let's say. I mean, really the possibilities are endless. The court has to allocate it and, and, and set forth in the judgment who's getting what property and debt. Um, if there's children, the court has to make a ruling about physical and legal custody. And then really the custody schedule itself. So who gets the kids when? You know, what days of the week and what times are the exchanges and how does the summer and the holidays work? Uh, that's got to be delineated in any kind of court judgment. In terms of child support and the payment uh, of, for expenses of the children for, let's say, extracurricular activities and medical bills and these kinds of things, the court's got to allocate that and enter a ruling. Um, in terms of spousal maintenance, which is called alimony, in, in a lot of states still, uh, the court's got to enter an order of judgment indicating you know, what their award is there, if any, and, and for how long. Uh, is this modifiable maintenance that, that goes on perpetually unless the court modifies it, or is this for a set term? And then lastly, attorney fees and court costs. The court's got to decide whether each party's to pay their own attorney fees and court costs or whether one party's got to pay uh, all or a portion of the attorney fees and court costs of the other party. Okay, So obviously these items are are part of the court uh, judgment and orders uh, in a case. But then you get back to the topic at hand, which is, again, a little nuanced for a lot of individuals, but it's this concept of findings of fact and conclusions of law. So what are these, and why are they important, and why should we care in a divorce or family law judgment? Well, look, let me break it down, because the truth is this does matter in a lot of respects, and ultimately, it can be illuminating. Uh, to the party going through the divorce or family law matter and you say well why is that well look findings in fact and conclusions of law give the why behind the judgment okay uh, it's not as simple as is just simply issuing a judgment in a lot of jurisdictions and a lot of jurisdictions the court's got to make these findings in fact and conclusions of law to show why they did what they did um and some of these findings are required in a lot of jurisdictions. Take, take child custody. You know, A lot of jurisdictions are going to require the court to go through the best interest of the child standard and all the different factors delineated by statute and then explain why they did what they did. Uh, in other jurisdictions, a party might have to request the findings of fact and conclusions of law or the judge doesn't have to give many perhaps again this is going to vary by state and locality so certainly get with a lawyer who's licensed and competent to practice law in your jurisdiction uh, but the findings of of, of fact are the why and and same with the conclusions of law let me break this down a little bit more detail in, in terms of the findings of facts I mean the court generally has the ability to exercise what's called discretion and the discretion would be to believe a party uh, to not believe a party, uh, to find a party credible, or to find a party not credible. So, you know, individuals come into court and testify, and that could be the parties, it could be witnesses, but the court in a family law case is really like a jury, and they've got the ability to believe or not believe, and and, and typically, in a judgment in a divorce of family law case the court's got to explain it they're going to explain what they found and what they found credible and what they didn't find credible and then when you get to the conclusions of law you know judges have discretion obviously they've got discretion like a jury to believe or not believe to find credible or not credible but one of the things a judge has to do is apply the law and the law could be delineated in statutes I mean you know, most family law cases are going to be very much governed by the statutes in a particular state. And then there could be case law as well, case law interpreting um the statutes that are out there and maybe filling in some voids in areas of ambiguity so the conclusions of law is an explanation from the judge on what statutes they relied on why they relied on it what case law they relied on it why they relied on it it could be certain courts have their own local court rules and maybe they relied on these local court rules um to uh you know to ultimately help guide them in terms of what their judgment and order was on the pertinent issues before the case okay so that's findings of fact and conclusions of law now having said that you know a lot of individuals say well why is this important uh, why does it matter and, and there's really you know a couple of big reasons I can think of off the top of my head and the first one again is the why behind the judgment you know lots of parties in the absence of findings of fact and conclusions of law can be left wondering Um, you know why the judge did what they did And, and they could they could think you know they could think a witness was credible but the judge didn't think it was credible let's say or they could find somebody believable but the judge doesn't agree with them so the why helps fill in a lot of the voids in terms of the the rationale behind the judgment itself and I think for better or worse for good or bad this can give parties at least an understanding of what the judge's mindset was what they were thinking when they drafted the judgment. And, and, and just from a transparency standpoint for clients, I think this can be important for a lot of them to try to wrap their arms around about what happened, okay? But from a legal standpoint, um, the other reason the findings of fact and conclusions of law matter are for appeal purposes, okay? One party might not be happy with the court's judgment or order, uh, they might not think it's fair or reasonable or just, and they might be tempted to appeal uh, the judgment itself. And, again, lots of individuals don't do this, uh, but some parties do want to do it or they want to consider it, okay, and typically on appeal to prevail, what a party has to show is, is a couple of things. And, again, this is going to vary by, by states and states' law. So, again, I can't stress enough, speak to a lawyer Who's licensed and competent to practice law in your jurisdiction? You know, but having said that, uh, to prevail on appeal, a party typically has to show that the court either abused their discretion. Okay, so in other words, the findings of fact that the judge was just off. You know, their judgment was against the weight of the evidence, is a term uh, that are in a lot of appellate decisions. You know, against the weight of the evidence. So the judge found certain things, but it was you know appellate court reviewing the transcript and the exhibits. Uh, just thinks the judgment was against the weight of the evidence. So uh, the findings of fact are important in that regard. Uh, to appeal uh, and to, to win on the standard of against the weight of the evidence, the court really needs to have delineated the findings of fact. If not, uh, from my experience and from my read of a lot of cases is that, you know, court of appeals aren't going to intercede unless they can delineate from the record that the judgment is against the weight of the evidence. or. The second basis for appeal is that the the judge erred as a matter of law. So the the judge's application of the statutes, uh, the case law, local court rules, or whatnot, rules of civil procedure, even, um, were an error. Like the judge got the law wrong, and so that that gives the court of appeals the ability uh, to overturn a judgment in some circumstances too, where they think the judge just in applied or just applied the law incorrectly. Okay. And so, findings of fact and conclusions of law are very important in terms of assessing whether a party could appeal successfully, whether it makes sense to appeal. And that's why, you know, for a lot of individuals who are about to go into a trial, um, it's important that if findings of fact and conclusions of law need to be requested before trial, uh, that the party's attorneys request them. Because in a lot of jurisdictions, if findings of fact and conclusions of law aren't requested, Uh, before the trial um, uh, it could be that these are waived and so a party then can't later appeal complaining about it so you know very important out of the gates for parties who are concerned that the judgment might not go their way and they want to have their appeal options open it's vital in a lot of instances, they're requesting these findings of fact and conclusions of law before the trial. That could be through written motion. Uh, uh, typically, at least from my personal experience, but again, check with an attorney in your jurisdiction. Maybe sometimes it could just simply be requested on the record. I don't know. From my personal experience, I always requested the findings in writing, and then made sure I filed them on the record. Uh, and again, you know, there's certain things that are required findings that judges have to uh, delineate. Uh, in in certain states. But again, um, it's almost always important to request these on the record before trial in an appropriate manner. All right. Well, that is the topic today. Again, the topic is the importance of findings of fact and conclusions of law. So as a follow up to the episode today, go on over to familylawheadquarters.com. Check out the article uh, on the same topic for more information. But thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up. Thank you very much thank you for listening to Family Law
0: Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtained in this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. Asked results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Headquarters, Office 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Kirk Stange is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas.